0: If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmouth.church
3: or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. morning.
2: So I'm not going to speak, I'm just going to introduce three people who are going to give some uh, testimony um, of uh, how they've seen God's presence in their life and situations in life. At least I hope that's what they're going to speak on, otherwise my preamble is going to be nothing more than a preamble. But, you know, God promises uh, to never leave us nor forsake us. How many times? How many times has he promised that in his word? Okay, I don't know if you got the presentation, whether we, we got that. Hopefully we can get uh, the first. This isn't the first time it occurs, but Deuteronomy six: Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified of them, for the Lord your God goes before you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And then in Joshua... Joshua 1.5, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 4.31, going back a little bit. Uh, Okay, a bit of a paraphrase, but for the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon nor destroy you. In 1 Chronicles uh, 28.20, David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you he will not fail nor forsake you until the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. And then in 1 Kings 8.57, again, may the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave us nor forsake us. And if we go into the New Testament, Hebrews 13.5, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. Do you think God's trying to tell us something? Um, now, I don't, I don't know about you, but you know that's a promise that I think sometimes we have to hold on to. It's not something we necessarily uh, feel all the time. And faith is not just a feeling. Faith is holding on to the promises of God. So I'm going to hand over to, you're right, you can sit down for the moment, I <laughs> in a moment. Um, but some of you know, I, um, I occasionally travel, have nights away from home uh, as part of my work. Um, just occasionally, Um, and sometimes they can be somewhat prolonged periods, and that can be very isolating, can be very lonely, Uh, and sometimes it's not always easy to necessarily feel God's presence, okay, and you know, those times I just have to hold on to those promises, okay, and last year as a way, some of you will know, I had one of those phone calls, every parent dreads. And did I feel God near to me then? No, I didn't. Absolutely, I didn't. All right? I I was already (laughs) struggling with being away from home for quite a long period and getting that sort of news. It's not something you, um, you know, doesn't make you feel good. Okay? Uh, But I know, I know that God sustained me through it. I know that God was there with me. Okay? And I know that he took me through it. Okay? So anyway, with no further ado, let me introduce Naomi. (laughs) there you go. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Hi, I'm Naomi, if you don't know me. (laughs) Um, So I'm just going to quickly sort of go through um, how God has helped me in my short 25 years of life. Um, So um, people always ask me, where are you from? I would just say the Northwest. I was born near Liverpool. I uh, did my primary schooling uh, near Skipton, then I did secondary school near Chorley and then university at Lancaster, and now I live here. Um, so I'll try to be quick and not ramble on. Um, so I was brought in a Christian home. Uh, my dad is a minister, so sort of ironic. Um, I attended Sunday school um, and went to Soul Survivor um, for a few summers. Um, And I really enjoyed it. Um, I was baptized as a teenager, um, and I had my first encounter with the Holy Spirit at Soul Survivor. And that's where I started my own faith journey. So growing up in a Christian home, you think you don't really have sort of much choice about going to church, but then as a teenager, that's where I decided to uh, question and dig deeper into what it meant to be a Christian for myself. Um, So fast forward in a few years, I didn't know what I wanted to do as a job, um, but long story short, I ended up studying teaching with special needs at uh, the University of Cumbria. Um, And God's hand was uh, in this process of uh, my choosing a university to go to. Um, I was offered an unconditional offer at Liverpool Hope University, um, but I turned it down and subsequently failed a few of my A-levels, so at the time I thought that was a, a stupid choice to make. Um, and I knew that I wanted to go to the University of Cumbria at Lancaster um, I was given an interview I messed up my first interview and they don't normally do this but they let me have a second chance um, and I ended up studying there for four years um, so during my time at uni I knew God had Uh, placed me there and I was reminded of Proverbs 31.8 and it says speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves Um, and I believe that is a word spoken into my uh, work with those uh, students with special needs. Um, I attended evening church services and the Christian Union and I was uh, challenged with new points of view um, from people with very different church backgrounds from myself. Um, you know, I was brought up in lots of little villages and things like that. So it was a, even though Lancaster's not huge, it was a big wide world for me. Um, so I was also challenged about my own actions um, as I'd fallen off track whilst at university. Um, However, I still attended church every week and enjoyed sitting at the back and not being seen um, or known, which was quite a novelty for me. Um, This is where I really battled with God. Um, I demanded action and answers from God for things that I knew deep down weren't right for me. Although I never lost faith in God, I tried to rebel and get my own way and kick back at what my upbringing in church had taught me. Um, And there was a verse that I held on to uh, during these four years, and that's Matthew 19, verse 26. And um, it sort of, I paraphrased it because I was trying to get God to uh, work with my ideas. And it says, with God, all things are possible. And I ignored with man, this is impossible. Um, So that was a, a big learning curve for me at that time. Um, I was getting frustrated with God because I couldn't get him to align with my plans. And as we all know, it doesn't work like that. Uh, so I, I was getting more and more frustrated with God. Um, so fast forwarding to the end of uni, uh, God had his hand in how I got my job. I had an interview for some schools in Lancaster, but I knew that this was meant, I was meant to be in Ulverston. Um, And following my interview at Lancaster, I prayed to God that I didn't get that job. And I poured my heart out to him. And it sounds counterproductive, that, but I really didn't want the job that I'd just interviewed for. Uh, I poured my heart out to God whilst I was eating my dinner. um, And I was really torn about what his plans and path was for me. Anyway, when I finished my dinner... About five minutes later, my phone rang, and the head teacher at Sandside Lodge School in Ulverston told me to stop interviewing for other jobs and schools. And uh, she told me she had opened up a job for me, and she really did just create a job for me because I didn't have a class. She just made sure that I would be there. Um, so I was really thankful for this, and I was blessed to get my dream job in a part of the world that I had dreamed to live in for my whole life. I knew God was steering my career because I'd let him guide me without interference in that area of my life because I didn't have any better ideas myself. Um, I managed to find a house and buy a car in the six-week summer holidays of 2019 before I started work in September. I was excited uh, to live alone, be independent and explore this part of the world and make new friends. Um, And I knew God had a hand in where I lived and everything um, about being here. I subsequently found Spring Mount Church and immediately felt at home. I joined the Young Adults House Group, which I later became co leader of. Um, All seemed to be going well, however, the relationship I was in at the time didn't feel right, and each week at church I would argue with God over and over again. Uh, When COVID hit, uh, my long term relationship ended. And as upsetting as this was, I felt freer to press in deeper with my relationship with God. Um, I had picked up a story version of the Bible. So it was like reading like a, a book instead of, sort of par- uh, passages. Um, and I'd been meaning to read that since my baptism because it was one of the gifts I was given. So it was left there for years. Um, and it set me up um, to be open up to God and uh, to lean on him again. I built up a habit of reading my Bible more, uh, being intentional with spending time praying on my walks on the beach, and I was at peace with work, home, and being single. So during those years, um, I got words and pictures from God, um, which I needed to figure out and understand relating to a future relationship. Um, I won't go into what those were, but I shared, shared those messages with my parents. And my dad said that he would take me to the cattle auction, not to sell me, um, but to find me a farmer as a partner. so um, although I was trying to make sense of these words and messages from God, I still had peace about being single. Um, I wanted to explore how I could get more involved in church, looking toward the prayer team. Um, as many of you may know, Joel and um, I got more involved in church than I thought I would, (laughs) Um, and from our friendship, it was clear um, that it would blossom into a relationship, Um, and um, God clearly had a sense of humour, because no longer than two months into our relationship, Joel's auntie was stood right here, and she announced to a whole group of women how she was excited about there being three Naomi Harrisons in the family. But joking aside, Joel has encouraged me with my uh, role in house group, in the prayer team, attending Flourish and the Women's Spiritual Health Weekend. Uh, He's encouraged me to deepen my faith and encourage others. Um, I feel at peace in my relationship and the verse that has popped up in multiple of our engagement cards from many unrelated people is Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 6 and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. This verse really sums up my journey so far with God and teaches me to live by faith. I'm not saying life is going to be easy. However, the closer my relationship with God, the more I am able to hear him and to be open to his plans on my life.
2: Thanks Naomi. Didn't say sit down, did I? I was going to pray for you. So uh, uh, Father, thank you so much for that that journey that you've brought Naomi on. Thank you that you have uh, clearly been uh, a big part of her life. And Father, as she moves forward and as uh, Joel and Naomi move forward together as a couple, I pray that you would continue to be a big part of their life and that they would continue not to lean on their own understanding, but to lean on you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if someone can wake Alan up, because he said he was going to fall asleep and would need, a, need an alarm call. Oh, right, you're brilliant. So uh, I'd like to welcome Alan. Thanks, Ian. Okay,
3: you're uh, Good morning, everyone. My name's Alan Scantlebury. I've been coming here since uh, April Last year, and in a church of this size, if I say hello to just two new people every week, it's going to take me about a year and a half to get round you. So every time I come, people said, "Is this your your first time here?" But it's great because uh, that just means you're a friendly bunch. Johnny asked me to talk about the impact of the Holy Spirit on my life, and uh, as you can see, I've been around the block a bit, and. It's great to hear Naomi's testimony I just wanted to fill you in a bit about who I am and what how I've related to God if you look at my Twitter uh, profile it says husband dad granddad life adventurer Jesus follower mediocre golfer loud socks hates labels that's that's me but there's a reason for all those sort of things, and it's also the impact of how God has worked in my life as well. I'm married to my second wife, Lynn. Between us, we've got four children, seven grandchildren. I've lived in about 38 different addresses in five different countries. I went to eight different schools, I've had about six different careers. So you can see there's something in me that has a problem with attachment, (laughs) belonging, relationships. And that's where God and his Holy Spirit impact my life. Because all of my life has been a question. Where do I belong? Where do I fit in? I've been trying to follow Jesus for as long as I can remember. I was brought up in a Pentecostal church. So the gifts of the Spirit were really highlighted. And I could talk to you about the ways in which the Holy Spirit has moved in my life in so many different ways. Whether it's through the uh, gifts of the Spirit that are listed in the New Testament, such as leadership, prophecy... Evangelism, gifts for ministry, gifts for being out in the world and sharing the love of Jesus. I could talk about ecstatic experiences which just leave you breathless, like the fire of the Spirit coming upon you. I could talk about the coldness of when God seems so far away that other Christians have written about the dark night of the soul but all of this has been to shape my life and to tell me where I belong. The trouble with using a phone for notes is that suddenly the screen switches itself off and I'm way off notes anyways. (laughs) So as I say, brought up in Pentecostal church, I was baptized at the age of 10. I went to university, fell away from God Big time, really big time. I'm ashamed of what happened there. I was thrown out of that same university for being such a bad lad. Now, none of you who know me will ever believe that happened, but it's true. And it was that experience that God's grace used to draw me back to him. As I said, I've had about six different careers, starting in microbiology, then on into computers, then business consultancy, then training, and then, believe it or not, church ministry, where I've had a breakdown, and then into training, people who are training to be church ministers. And now I'm retired, enjoying a new season of life. And the theme of this morning has been, God will not fail us. And wherever I've been and whatever has happened to me, I can honestly say, God has never let me down. I've let him down, but he hasn't. So there are many ways the Holy Spirit has impacted me. But the one I want to share is in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, because it says here, The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, the spirit, we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. And the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children and if we are children then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus Christ. That has been the most significant, the most long-standing, the most constant work of the Holy Spirit in my life. To persuade me, to woo me, to convince me that I belong, that I'm a child of God. The adoption of sonship, and you know, it's not about gender here. You know, the word there is used because in Roman law, the only people who could inherit property were the sons. But we know that in God's kingdom, there is neither male nor female. We are all children of God and therefore heirs of his inheritance and Jesus Christ. And I just want to share that with you this morning because uh, it has been a real sense that as I've grown older and older and as I've known God for so long in so many places, this has become the bedrock of who I am now. One of the reasons I started coming to Springmount last year was after lockdown or during lockdown, I was re-examining everything in my life and in how I shared in the Christian community. And I felt that the places I were, were, were at at the time, I still didn't feel I belonged. And so part of me being here this morning is still looking for somewhere to belong. And I think, you know, there are people here this morning who would share that longing to belong somewhere. And this verse describing the work of the Holy Spirit just thrills my heart, and it tells me that you too can belong, belonging to God. Just to finish with a quote from Uh, J.I. Packer, he says this, the adoption is the highest privilege that the gospel of Jesus offers us. God takes us into his family and establishes us as his children. Closeness, affection, generosity are at the heart of this relationship. And listen, to be right with God as a judge is a great thing, but to be loved and cared for by God the Father is far greater. And that's the impact of the Holy Spirit on my life. He's given me that spirit of adoption whereby I can cry out to him, Father, I belong. And that can be your experience too. God bless you.
2: Thanks, Alan. No. So, Father, thank you for Alan. Thank you that uh, he is uh, uh, a part of our community here, at least <laughs> for, for now. <laughs> Father, I pray that you would help him to have that sense of belonging. Thank you that you brought him this far. Thank you, you brought him to this place. But, Father, pray that uh, he would just know that overwhelming sense of belonging to you and belonging to this community. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Alan. And then. Um, <laughs> Last, but by no means finally, uh, Gerald
1: was Is it possible to hire the... Uh, no. it, no. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. Before I start, I would like to, to praise God in the life of Pastor Gianni for giving me the opportunity to, to share about... The impact of the Holy Spirit today, you know what, when I'm memorizing and reading my testimony, I'm thinking to use my British accent today. (laughs) But it's so hard for me, so I'll just use my call center Filipino accent if it's okay. (laughs) If you have your Bible with you, can we read the John chapter 14 verse 16? It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And then we're gonna jump on John chapter fourteen, verse twenty-six. It says, But the advocate of Holy Spirit, whom Father will send you in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said you I uh, have said to you. Before I start my testimony, let us first answer the question, what are the roles of the Holy Spirit? And based on the verses that we've read, it is to convict us on what God wants us to do and to help us to be able to do His will. That is the role of the Holy Spirit in in our lives. My point is this, the Holy Spirit convicted me to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior and depend my whole life to Him. You know what, when I was a teenage, when I was on my teenage, I can say I'm totally lost. My mom died when I was 13. My dad has a mistress who's abusing us. He's not giving our financial needs and everything, just let us live on our own. And because of that I don't feel love at home. Never feel love at home. I try to find love in other people and those are my friends. I learned different vices like cigarettes. I ha I I am a hard smoker before I I can I can smoke two one to two packs of cigarettes and mind you one pack in the Philippines is in the Philippines is 20 sticks so I can smoke like 40 sticks in the whole day. I'm an alcoholic as well. I drink almost every night starting 8 p.m. until morning, and I use drugs, marijuana, and everything that you, know, you can think. Because every time that I'm high on, on those things, I feel, I feel loved. And every time that I'm with my friends, I feel strong. Speaking of my friends, you know what? This is a funny story. We are, we are known in our place to be the chicken stealer. <laughs> chicken stealer, why? What's chicken stealer? We steal chicken in the farm. Why? Because every time that we're gonna drink, because you know when the Philippines is drinking beer or anything, we need to have food. So we don't have money. What we do is we go to different farm, and then we have a slingshot. You know what? I can, I can hit the head of the chicken 20 meters away. I'm good with that. Yeah, so they known, they known us as chicken seal. Oh, that's Gerald, still chicken on our farm. So, so that's how it is. They, in other words, the people in our small village, you know, we live in a small village, hates us so much. My granddad has a big coffee farm and a coconut farm as well. But what we do is that we steal those coconuts. Why? Because we need to sell it. We need to sell it. And I steal money to my granddad as well so that at nighttime, we can buy alcohol and we can buy drugs. I learned different vices when I was 14. That is how dark my life is. I'm a pain in the ass. I'm a scumbag. No one likes me. No one loves me. In other words, I'm nothing. Not until I came to know Christ and accepted Him as our Lord and Savior and surrender my life to Him. And everything started to change. The Holy Spirit convicted me to change my life, to surrender, to surrender everything to Him, including my vices. And it's not easy. The process is not easy, especially when you're having those withdrawals. You feel anxiety, you feel depression, and it's not easy. It feels like, oh, I want to come back again on, those, on my old way. But it is the Holy Spirit who helps me to overcome those things by asking Him help, by kneeling down, by praying every time I struggle on my, on my past. And listen, brothers, brothers and sisters, if you have the same struggle with me today, you can also overcome those struggles because you are victorious. Because you have the Holy Spirit with you. Can you look at your seatmate? Look at him. You tell him, bro, tell him, we call brothers or sister, you are a victor. You are a victor. From a lost teenager, I started to b- develop my relationship with Jesus, and I was given a chance to use in the church, to use in the mini- youth ministry. I lead the youth to, in the music team. I'm not a good singer though, but I don't know how, how what happened. But sometimes I able to to lead to be a song leader in, the, in different conve- convention and youth comps. I think it's the Holy Spirit. I able to share my testimony and share the gospel in many youth conventions and lead them to Christ. Until the Holy Spirit again convicted me into higher form of calling. And it is to be a pastor from nothing into something. And that is how, what is the promise of God to us. It is to prosper us and not to harm us. By the grace of God, through the help of the Holy Spirit... I am able to lead the church and able to win souls for Christ and multiply believers for Christ. And God is just so amazing. He is just wonderful. He is just faithful. He liberates. He guides me. He helps me. And you know what is amazing? He can do it to you. Can you clap your hands for God? He can do it to you. If you let the Holy Spirit, if you, will, if you let Him to work in your life, brothers and sisters, Christian life is never easy. It is not easy. There's, there is a lot of struggles. There is a lot of challenges. But let the Holy Spirit work in your life. He will guide you. He will give you wisdom. He will strengthen you to overcome everything. In Christian life, Yes, there are problems, but you have peace. Amen? There are struggles, but you have the assurance of victory. Because you let the Holy Spirit work in your life. When you have the Holy Spirit, you look young. Amen? That's why every Christian looks young. So, you you look like young and beautiful. Look at your sitmate. You say to him, "You look young and beautiful." <laughs> Tell your sitmate that you look like and beautiful because you have the Holy Spirit, and that's the impact of Holy Spirit to me, from nothing to into something. So, could God be the glory.